Hey, greetings everyone and welcome back to another episode of Plan B Success. We have Bill Sanders with us today from Southern California. Bill is the CEO of Mobus Creative Negotiating, which is a firm where he does a number of things with different people and different partners. We'll visit that in a moment. He's also got a book that he has written recently that we'll be talking about, Creative Conflict, a practical guide for business negotiators. We'll be talking about that as well. So let's welcome Bill and we'll get started. Welcome, Bill. Hi, Rajiv. It's great to be here today. Absolute pleasure having you on the show today. So in your own words, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, um, I've got an odd background, but principally I've been um, working in the field of negotiation for many years. Um, I worked with an organization called um, uh, Keras that does uh, training for business negotiating people. It's, it's, it's been around for a long time, trained over a million people. And there I was director of program uh, development. And my principal duty was to customize content for major customers of negotiating seminars for the tra training purposes. My closest colleague was Frank Mobus, who's my co-author on the book. And unfortunately, Frank passed away just before the, the, he had a chance to see this book get published. But Frank and I together worked on training, or oh, maybe half of the Fortune 500 companies, business professionals, and individual small business owners from the very smallest to the very biggest. And we've got a lot of insight into how people negotiate in business, how they can do a better job, why it's important in the first place. And, and all of that is, is in the book, which is coming out June 15th. Awesome. Now your background, at some point you were also working with NFL, right? Um, I am by training a scientist. I'm a, a PhD chemist but principally a, a theoretical chemist. I worked for a statistical software company for a long time. And I met up with a fella by the name of Bud Goody, who ran a business doing consulting work to NFL head coaches. And I worked with him for a long, long time. And together we, we did statistical analysis for NFL teams. And we helped approximately 10 head coaches, maybe a couple of more, take their teams to the Super Bowl. That's a pretty impressive record when we were working with one client a year. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, how did you get into this whole negotiation aspect of business? It's, it's very odd, but I, I, I met uh, 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 Chet Karras and Frank Mobis. I started work for them as a presenter, but I wasn't really that great a presenter at the time, but I had a niche for understanding what the negotiating problems were that companies were facing. And I worked into a position where that's what I would do. I would talk to our big client companies and customize the training in a way that helped their people understand and better cope with the negotiating issues that both the organizations and the people themselves were facing. And Frank and I became the closest of colleagues. We both were there for a long time, worked a lot together on this and developed a lot of content um, uh, for Karis. And I really got to understand what goes on in business for people with 
you know, different job functions from the sales end, the procurement end, project management, project engineers, um, the nuts and bolts of the of the of the issues that they face day to day on the job, and how to do a better job of making agreements with people that you know make their work life and their and their their life in general um, more harmonious and and more productive. Awesome. So when we talk about negotiation, you know, one of the things that you mentioned is, let me put it this way, I would call it the flavors of negotiation, depending on which vertical or business versus any other field. You know, for a common man, negotiation is negotiation, you know, basically trying to talk to somebody and find middle ground or trying to get them on your side of the discussion. Now, you mentioned that it differs uh, within business or within different realms. Can you throw some more light on that? Well, I agree with you entirely that negotiation is negotiation, but in order for people to understand it, you have to be able to put it into the context of what they do in their position day in and day out. Now, beyond that, I, I would say that all negotiations are not the same. There are some where it's, it's, your main purpose really should be to make a good deal for yourself, protect your own interests, maybe find middle ground, but it's, it's important to take care of your own interest and do that first and foremost. And a lot of business negotiations are that way. Um, however, there's also relationship negotiations where it's not only important to make a good deal for yourself, it's important to protect the, the the other side, your relationship partner as well, because if you don't, you know, the, the relationship can end up becoming abusive, it could fall apart, things could go wrong, you could end up worse off by pushing a hardball negotiation in a relationship situation. The other type of negotiation I would say there is, which is very important and often overlooked, is goes beyond protecting our interests and making a good deal for ourselves. It goes on to finding ways to expand the deal and make a better deal both for us and for the other side. Now, when you talk about, you know, actually protecting the interests of the other party in a negotiation, not a lot of people look at it or think of it that way, right? They want to make sure that they are maximizing what they're getting out of a negotiation and give as little as possible to the, uh, to the other party. But the thing is, it's no longer a negotiation if the deal is killed, you know, whether on your side or the other party's side. Exactly, if the deal is killed, it's no longer a negotiation. But one of the things that people don't often realize, and it's been a big change in business over the last 10, 15, 20 years, is that more and more, and this is true even for very small businesses, more and more, business is done on a repeat basis. Now, even if you're a small business, you might have a critical supplier or one key customer. And in those situations, you wanna keep that relationship healthy. It may be more important than making the best particular deal on this negotiation, because the next one might be even more important. And how important do you think it is to lose the battle today so that you win the war tomorrow? It, it you know, everything in negotiation is situation-based. There's some situations where you can't afford to lose the battle today. There are others where 
what you might be giving up, you can easily afford. And what you get back in the future might come back to you tenfold. You, you, you kind of have to make judgment calls in all these areas. But if you're not thinking strategically along those lines, you won't do it. You know, when you look back at your career and the work that you've done, you know, having been in chemistry, statistical analysis, now negotiation, all of these things, what do you look up to as some of the highlights? Well, I have a lot of highlights. One is, you know, I've worked for some, worked with some very top people in all these fields. My advisor, when I studied for my PhD, was a fantastic guy. He just passed away, but incredible guy. He had a, 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 a named uh, full professorship in chemistry and in physics at Penn State, a guy named Jim Anderson, prince of a man. I was fortunate to study under him. But then I also worked closely with uh, Chet Karras, who is one of the you know, thought leaders in negotiation. He sort of started the whole field of, of training uh, business people to negotiate. And uh, um, on the football side, I've worked with some great head coaches. I won't mention their names, but uh, also um, my close colleague there for many years, Bud Goody, was, um, is recognized as the founder of the science of statistics in sports. So I'd say that's the, 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 the thing I cherish the most in my career is having worked with some of the best people in the field. You know, having worked with those 10 coaches that, that you speak about and your experience doing that, and obviously something really went right there for 10 of them to kind of become champion coaches. Um, what was that experience like? You know, what are some of the takeaways that you can share with us from that experience? Um, well, here's one. It's um, it's not a it's it's a very small field. So there's only few. There are only 32 head coaches a year in the NFL, um, and it's very hard to convince these people at the very highest level of the game of football who got there, usually through a playing career, then an assistant coaching career and worked themselves up through the ranks to prove that they were winners all along the way. It's kind of hard to get them to listen to two guys with a computer, with a computer saying, you know, there may be uh, uh, some slight tweaks you can do to the way you play the game to do a little bit better. It's hard to get them to listen to that story. Um, but the ones who did and said, you know, who, hey, tell me more. If they did it and they tried it and they put it into practice, we're, we're thankful that what we had to say worked. And it was really, you know, it was all based on science and math and number crunching. But, but there's a lot of, uh, of artistry in doing that work and having it, uh, having it provide useful results. You know, when, you, when we look at success, right, everybody and every parameter is measured in success and everybody wants to succeed. What do you believe? How much does failure play a part in the ultimate success somebody really secures for themselves? It's got to play a big part, whether it's the person who fails a thousand times and then finally succeeds or the person who only has one or two failures, but it, it helps nudge them in the right direction. If you, you gotta be able to deal with failure and face it and find a way to get past it and move on. For those who succeed, they don't give up. 
the first failure, the second failure, however many it takes, they just keep going until they succeed. And, and having that sort of skill, I think, is what really plays into success. You know, your book, you've called it Creative Conflict. Why the name? Now, that's interesting. It's when we look at negotiating, what, what negotiating really involves is a disagreement between two parties. You know, if you want one thing and I want something else, we disagree. And so automatically, there's some conflict there. We found out the key to negotiating the best agreements comes when both sides are able to sort of embrace that conflict or at least tolerate it until they start bringing up new ideas and better solutions to come to an agreement. It might be a totally different agreement than they both envisioned at the start. What we see a lot of people doing, especially in today's society, is they, they want to avoid conflict almost at all costs. So they either wanna get over it, just end the negotiation as quick as they can so they can shake hands and move on and not have to deal with that conflict anymore, you know, or they sort of end the conflict by, by uh, you know, really sticking to their position and giving the other side a take it or leave it offer, figuring that, hey, if I have no deal, at least the conflict's over. And by avoiding that conflict, we miss the opportunity to make a better deal for both sides, which is really what our book is all about. So can you talk a little bit more about how the book is laid out and what the readers can expect? Yeah, I would say that the, the way it's really laid out, and it's, it's actually a pretty um, quick read. There's the, it's not really technical stuff. There's a lot of stories and anecdotes that, that underlie and explain and sort of bring life to the ideas. But it, but it sort of follows a progression along something we call the Mobus negotiating continuum, which describes some of the different types of negotiations. So the first type that we, we tackle or handle is, is hard bargaining, where it's really more in your interest to protect yourself and to get the best deal you can. And, and a typical situation would be a one-off deal. Now, and a one-off deal could be, you know, me buying a used car, but it could be a, a hospital buying a $10 million piece of equipment. It could still be a one-off deal. And in that you need some hard bargaining tools and strategies, ones that have been proven to work for centuries. The next kind of stop that we take on the, on the continuum is uh, creative deal-making. And, and here, we say there's an opportunity to find a better deal for both parties because you have a set of assets and a set of needs. I have a different set of assets and needs. And maybe we can find some creative ways to match them up in the way that we make a better overall deal for you and for me at the same time. So we can expand the deal. We can bring new value into the deal, into the process. That's creative deal making. And then beyond that, we go into relationship building, where the negotiating process itself can help to build and grow and better establish the relationship between the two sides. And here's where, for you know, sort of strategic partnerships, for, for, for joint venture deals, if you're going to enter some kind of long-range relationship, 
if your only focus is for you to come out of it as best as possible, then the relationship may suffer and your relationship with the other side may suffer. And if, if you're taking advantage of them, eventually they'll find a way to get even or to get out. And if they're taking advantage of you, if you're not sticking up for your own interests well enough inside this relationship, you'll find a way to get even or get out. But in either case, it, it, it hurts the relationship and the opportunity for the synergies that are available between the two sides is lost. Now, where can people find this book once it releases? Uh, it's available now on Amazon, but you can get it through all booksellers. It's through, um, you know, your local bookseller will have it. If you go to our website, you can find the ISBN number to help you order it, or just search Amazon for Creative Conflict by Bill Sanders and Frank Mobus, and you'll find it. Now, in terms of your company and what you do, what are the services that you provide? So um, Mobus Creative Negotiating is a, a seminar-based training company, and we have a couple of different offerings. One that's not really taking place right now because of the current situation, but we do live, live seminar trainings where, where we'll go to a company, we'll train a number of people, 15, 30, 45 at a time. Um, we'll put them through a two-day or a one-day training experience in negotiating where they will play some negotiating cases. In other words, I get a case, you get a case, we read it and we negotiate different things, different information available to each of us. But they get to, they get to sort of learn the key elements of negotiating by doing it in, these, in, this, in this workshop setting. We, we also have an online e-course, which is very extensive. It's got over a hundred negotiating lessons and it, it uses some of the same negotiating cases that we do in the live workshops. So, so people get to do a case and they can then do that with a negotiating partner um, through Zoom or on the telephone or face-to-face -face if they wanna hook up that way. But the e-course is, is another offering we have. And we have, um, we have uh, a link to uh, Mobus events where we do some virtual trainings, some half-day virtual trainings that people, anybody can sign up for and attend. And th these work the same way. Now, you know, when it comes to negotiation and the behavioral aspects of humans, what's the confluence there? You know, are there certain parameters that you need to look out for and how much and how important is timing in the whole negotiation process? Well, timing, I'll speak about timing first, then we'll get into the human side of it because timing is very important. Um, and, and in America, where we wanna do business quick and get it over with and make our day productive by scheduling it as tight as we can, we don't spend enough time in the negotiation. We wanna get it over with too fast, but we say, you're better off to really devote some time to the process, to explore, to understand the other side better. If I learn more about you, I'll learn more about what you really need versus what you say you need, what else you might need, what, what other options might be open to you. 
and you'll learn the same things about me and then we can work to build a better deal. So timing is important and the big mistake people make is trying to get it over with too quick. Be willing to spend the time. Along those same lines, uh, one of the ways you can spend time, which we usually don't do enough of, is in the planning phase. Planning for a negotiation. Devote time to planning. I mean, really think about what you want, what your targets are, what your goals are for this negotiation, but try to imagine what they are for the person on the other side. What do they want? What do they need? What's important to them? And then come up with questions. What can I ask to find out more information? You know, what am I going to say if they say this or they ask me that? Work through these things in advance and you'll do a much better negotiation. So that's the time element. And when you talk about the human side, it's very important because all humans are different. I mean, we're all unique. We're our own individuals. And a lot of how the negotiation is going to go depends on you and your personality and, uh, you know, the way you communicate. And then the same for the person on the other side of the table, your negotiating counterpart. So, Again, you've got to work to understand both yourself and them. And, and what happens a lot is we do things based on the mental models that we have of ourselves. Either, you know, oh, I hate to negotiate or I'm not good at negotiating or, or um, you know, geez, I just want to get this over with quickly. And what we encourage people to do is to practice negotiating to help build a better model of themselves as a negotiator. And, and, and we have lots of ideas about that. You know, be more curious, understand more about the other side, throw out more what if questions. Don't be afraid to ask for something that you want. And, and as you start to develop these into your communication style, your negotiating style, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll do better and become more confident at it. You know, how much of negotiation is a science versus an art? The reason I ask that is situations are different, right? A political negotiation versus a, a negotiation where, uh, you know, let's say, a, you know, a plane is hijacked and now, now you're trying to get them out of it. That situation versus a business yes. negotiation, a deal. All of these are different situations with uh, different levels of uh, tenacity, different levels of pressure, different levels of speed needed, etc. So yeah, yeah wh what do you have to say about that? Yeah, it, it's, you're exactly correct. They're all different and they all have different um, requirements for working through the process. So that makes it somewhat an art. Now, that's not to say that negotiation hasn't been thoroughly studied. It has. And so there are generalities that have been um, you know, discovered in lots of these areas that you can apply in all these cases. For example, you know, it's, 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 it's been found that people who aim higher in negotiation generally do a little bit better. Well, Aiming higher might mean something entirely. You have to now figure out what that means in your particular situation. If you're, you know, the hostage negotiator, your your aim is going to be to get everybody safely, uh, you know, back into into your hands with, uh, you know, no damage to the plane. Maybe with the uh, with the hostage takers alive and captured. You, you 
And you want to do this as smoothly and quickly and easily as possible. That might be your aim. And in a business deal, your, your aim might just be to, hey, I want to land this deal, even if my customer is not paying the highest price, is getting extra service from me, because there's, there's more to this deal to me than just the price paid. They might be a great endorsement. They might help me get into a new section of the market. But understand what aiming high is for you in each situation and do aim high. It's been proven to work. So there's some science behind it. There's a lot of art and the application of it, I would say, is almost totally artistically done. So, Bill, how's business been for you last year versus uh, how's it been this year with the, what we're going through in terms of the pandemic? Well, it's um, business was great just before the pandemic, and we had some trainings with top companies lined up, um, and then COVID hit, and I had one with a, a, a just a you know a household name. Um, lined up and we, they kept talking about, well, we might have to cancel it, but we want to go ahead. We want to go ahead. And it was taking place in Northern California. And, and like on the day before the official shutdown sort of of the state, they had to cancel. And, and, and then all of our customers canceled. And we have not really reopened for live training. That said, we've had some success with the e-course because the e-course has a... Um, you know, has the um, advantage of you not having to interface with any person. You can take it on the computer, you can do it at your own time, on your own device. And, and, and we've had a couple of uh, really big adoptions with major companies. So that's been, that's been, been great. Awesome. Well, Bill, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story as well as what your company does and the book. You know, it's pretty exciting to see something coming out on negotiation, um, you know, at this point in time. Any takeaway for the listeners that you'd like to share? Yes, uh, Rajiv, what I'd like to say is that, because we didn't talk about this and I think it's important, and I think it, it's, it's important for uh, people to be more successful, that a lot of the success that we find in life, and certainly in our business life, um, if not totally dependent, is heavily influenced by how good we are at making agreements with people. If we make agreements that work for us, that work for other people, that help us advance relationships and get along, that help us, you know, make incremental improvements, say, on the buying side or incremental improvements with a customer so you get a little bit more margin for your company, um, this helps lead to success. It's a very important thing. Also, it makes your life run smoother when uh, you can make good agreements with people, whether it's just asking for people to do favors for you or you being willing to do favors for other people. If you can do it on an agreement basis, you know, you're going to end up much better off. And I'm, I'm very proud of this book. The Harvard Business Review people who published it did a great job on the editorial front to help us pin down our thoughts into ways that make sense and find the stories and the references to back stuff up, stuff up, and it's a, it's a. We strive to make it an entertaining read. Our live programs, we strive to make them very entertaining as well. So I think people who read this book, and especially young people, 
will get a perspective that will help them on the job that they really won't get anywhere else. That's sort of the message that I'd like to leave people with. Awesome. And for people that want to get in touch with you, how do they reach you? So they can find uh, they can find us at our website, which is www.mobusinc.com, and that's m-o-b-u-s-i-n-c.com. And you can find me there. But if you want to send me an email directly, B Sanders at Mobus Inc. will get it to me. And um, of course, there's a, a Facebook page for the company and LinkedIn accounts, and you can find us through there as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Bill. This has been a pleasure. Rajiv, it's been my pleasure. And thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you.